listening to Hymns Illustrated, where hymns are explored, appreciated, and illustrated through stories, testimonies, and edifying conversation. I'm your host and fellow hymn fan, Kristen Eifeldano. Hi, everyone. I hope you are doing well today and You are, if you are listening from the United States, that you are either enjoying spring weather already or are looking forward to it soon. I'm always reminded of the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness During the Coldness of Winter, because I know that sunshine is just around the corner because God is always faithful to bring it. Maybe sometimes I wanted it a little sooner than he has planned, but I do know that it is coming. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above, join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. God is faithful to bring one season after the other, right when creation needs that season. He is faithful to keep the sun, moon, and stars running in their courses, And his mercy and love can be seen all around us in the complex beauty and the absolute genius of nature around us. I thought I'd start today's episode with a little food for thought. Perhaps you've heard that there is a sad trend of young people leaving the church. It's a statistic originally published through Barna Research in 2011 And it just gets higher and higher every year. And I believe the reasons for that are numerous and nuanced, but I can't get away from a single thought. And that is this, when you know and love Jesus, it's not easy to leave the church, at least permanently. I don't mean to be harsh or judgmental, but I, but think this through with me. When you have a personal relationship with Christ you talk to him, you read his word, and he talks to you through his word and Holy Spirit, you are aware of his presence every day and of him watching over you, not in a fearful sense of being punished or that that he's just being judgmental, uh, but watching over you as a gracious, loving savior because you are a forgiven child of God. And you're aware of his protecting you, guiding you, and it's a reality to you. When this happens, something else happens. You find that you also love his people and you want to be with them. You are aware of your part in the family of God and you naturally desire fellowship and want to fulfill your purpose as part of the body of Christ. It's imperative that this personal and relationship aspect be communicated to everyone in our church, especially our children and young adults. Interestingly, studies have also shown that millennials above uh, that millennials more than previous generations highly value transparency. In other words, being real and genuine, not hiding things. But too often we want to keep our spiritual lives personal. We want to keep certain things to ourselves. Friends, our relationship with Christ is personal in the sense that it is 
one-to-one with Christ himself, but it's not personal and that we keep it to ourselves. This is not what God intended. He intends for us to bear one another's burdens and to share our struggles and our battles lost and our battles won and God's faithfulness and how he helps us now and what we have to look forward to in heaven later, hopefully soon, and to share the wonderful joys of knowing Christ and to testify to his faithfulness in our own lives. This is a picture that scripture paints of church life and the Christian life. It is hard to bear one another's burdens if you don't know what that's, those burdens are. Um, it is a mutual thing. You need to be telling others the burden, your own burdens, but you also need to be listening to the burdens of others. And this is transparency. This is being real. And this is what millennials value. My challenge for you is this. Regularly tell your children and all young people in your life how much your Savior means to you how beautiful he is to you, his kindness, his generosity, um, his what he did on the cross for you, your gratitude, uh, how you feel. Um, you know that it's not always, even if you're not a, um, a feely kind of person, um, you do have a weight off your shoulders uh, being a forgiven child of God. And so express that somehow, even if it does not come naturally, uh, make an effort to do that. Talk about spiritual things in everyday conversation. Share your excitement about what you just read in the Bible or how Jesus showed his love to you personally today. And definitely share your trials too, and even your discouragement and how you are depending on Christ for help. It's not easy. I know it's not always easy for me. And sometimes I fear what um, people will think maybe they'll think I'm holier than thou, or I think I'm better than them. There are ways to communicate Christ and your joy in Christ um, without coming across that way. Sometimes people will just think that anyway, and that is not your concern. Uh, you need to share share Christ. That is what God wants you to do, and don't let the fear of man uh, prevent you from doing that. Make it about the person of Jesus and his personal and very real love for you. Don't make it about, don't make your faith only about tradition or church attendance or Bible verse reading and the memory or the act of doing anything. This is one of the reasons why I love hymns so much. There it is. You knew I was getting there, right? They take the solid truth of scripture and they make it personal. If you look closely in your hymnal, you will see the love the writer has for God in addition to their awe of him. I am convinced that hymns help us be more transparent in sharing what a relationship with Christ truly looks like. They're conversation starters. They are the personal testimonies and experiences of other believers that mirror our own, and they inspire us to share our testimonies too. People, not just young people, young people and old people, everyone (laughs) need this more than ever. We need exposure to the truth that Jesus is our pilot, our lover, our guide, our friend, our savior, our redeemer. And yes, these are all descriptions you will find in your hymnal written by saints who have found Jesus a sweet reality in their lives 
And because of that, they found a faith much, much deeper than those outward acts that can be mistaken for mere tradition or legalism or or boring. Um, it, it's um, This is what I believe hymns help us to do. They help us um, take take scripture and not make it so academic. They make it personal. And so I do encourage you to share your faith with others and and use hymns as an inspiration and a guide uh, if you're if you're not quite sure what to say. You're invited to share a hymn testimonial to be featured right here on the podcast. And I'm making an even easier way for you to do that. A hymn testimonial is what it sounds like. It is you sharing one of your favorite hymns and why it's meaningful to you. If at all possible, I encourage you to record a voice memo on your phone that is under two minutes. You may find writing it out at first helpful, and you're free to include a bit about yourself, your name, your location, why the hymn is meaningful to you, and then quote or read a small portion of the hymn that uh, you find the most meaningful to you. Now, here is one more way you can do this. Even though audio testimonials are best, we all get a sense of getting to know there are other believers out there in the world singing, reading, and listening to the same hymns we are, and and listening to the voice um, helps the emotion come through. But if that is too much of a hurdle for you, if that is what is stopping you from sharing, then by all means, send your testimonial to me by email, and I'll read it on the show. I'm Kristen at hymnsillustrated.com, Kristen with a K, ending in an E-N. If you would like to have a little more guidance, go on over to hymnsillustrated.com slash podcast. That is where I have some more information on recording a testimonial. I do hope to have a page up soon dedicated just to testimonials, uh, so keep your eye out for that. Now let's go ahead and remember our hymn of the month. If you're new to this podcast and the hymn of the month, I invite you to go over to hymnsillustrated.com and sign up for the hymn of the month at the top of the page. Doing so will take you directly to our resource page for this month's hymn, which is anonymous and entitled, How Firm a Foundation. Listen as I read. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said, to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled? Fear not, I am with thee, O be not dismayed, for I am thy God, I will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand, upheld by my gracious, omnipotent hand. When through the deep waters I call thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow. For I will be with thee, thy trials to bless, and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all-sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. E'en down to old age all my people shall prove my sovereign, eternal, unchangeable love. And when hoary hairs shall their temples adorn, like lambs they shall still in my bosom be born. The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, 
I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Today, as we remember our hymn of the month, I want to draw your attention to stanza three and four. (laughs) When through the deep waters I call thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow. For I will be with thee thy trials to bless and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. We see several truths here. We see that God uses trials to bless us and our distresses to sanctify us or to make us more like him. We see that those deep waters we go through are ordained by God. He has called us to go through them. And we see the promise that these rivers aren't going to do us in. They won't drown us. We see God's grace is always sufficient and always coming our way. And we see that God has a purpose for our trials. Stanza 4 uses the analogy of metal being refined in a furnace to help us understand the role that trials have in our lives. When silver or gold is placed in fire, the impurities in the metal are drawn to the surface for easier removal. The term for that is dross. And trials have the same effect on us. When we go through these fiery trials, our own sin and impurities come to the surface so we can see them and they are revealed to us and we can ask God for forgiveness and and get help for victory and, and learn from the experience. But today I want to bring your attention to this fact. The rivers of your sorrow shall not overflow. And to illustrate this truth, I want to read one of my favorite parts from Pilgrim's Progress, a classic piece of literature that is an allegory for the Christian life written by John Bunyan while he was in prison for preaching Christ. This is the part of the story where Christian and his friend Hopeful can see their final destination, but the celestial city, but they discover that they must cross a river first. The pilgrims then, especially Christian, began to despond in their minds and looked this way and that, but no way could be found by them which they might escape the river. Then they asked the men if the waters were all of a depth. They said no. Yet they could not help them in that case, for they said, You shall find it deeper or shallower as you believe in the king of the place. They then addressed themselves to the water, and entering, Christian began to sink, and crying out to his good friend Hopeful, he said, I sink in deep waters, the billows go over my head, all his waves go over me. Then said the other, Be of good cheer, my brother, I feel the bottom, and it is good. Then said Christian, Ah, my friend, the sorrows of death have compassed me about. I shall not see the land that flows with milk and honey. And with that, a great darkness and horror fell upon Christian, so that he could not see before him. Also here he, in great measure, lost his senses, so that he could neither remember nor orderly talk of any of those sweet refreshments that he had met with in the way of his pilgrimage. 
but all the words that he spake still tended to discover that he had horror of mind and hearty fears that he should die in that river and never obtain entrance in at the gate. Here also, as they that stood by perceived, he was much in the troublesome thoughts of the sin that he had committed, both since and before he began to be a pilgrim. "'Twas also observed that he was troubled with apparitions of hobgoblins and evil spirits, for ever and anon he would intimate so much by words. Hopeful, therefore, here had much ado to keep his brother's head above water. Yea, sometimes he would be quite gone down, and then ere a while he would rise up again half dead. Hopeful also would endeavor to comfort him, saying, "'Brother, I see the gate!' and the men standing by it to receive us. But Christian would answer, "'Tis you, tis you they wait for, for you have been hopeful ever since I knew you. And so have you, said he to Christian. Ah, brother, said he, surely if I was right, he would now arise to help me. But for my sins he hath brought me into the snare and hath left me. Then said Hopeful, My brother, you have quite forgot the text where it said of the wicked, there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Psalm 73, 4 and 5. These troubles and distresses that you go through in these waters are no sign that God has forsaken you, but are sent to try you. Whether you will call to mind that which heretofore you have received of his goodness and live upon him in your distresses. Then I saw in my dream that Christian was in a muse a while, to whom also hopeful added this word, Be of good cheer, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. And with that Christian break out with a loud voice, Oh, I see him again. And he tells me, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. Isaiah 43.2 Then they both took courage, and the enemy was after that, and as still as a stone until they were gone over. Christian therefore presently found ground to stand upon, and so it followed that the rest of the river was but shallow. Thus they got over. My prayer for you is that you will have this same faith when you go through those rivers like Christian did, where you can't always, where you can't see Christ clearly, when you forget the blessings he has brought you through in the past, that you will remember that God has this plan for you and he is waiting on the other side and that you will remember Isaiah 43, 2, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. I pray that uh, you will be trusting God through whatever trial you face, and I have confidence in God's all-sufficient grace for you. Now it's time to discover a new or little-known hymn. Well, seeing that I just read a bit of John Bunyan for you, how about I read a hymn that he included in Pilgrim's Progress and was later modified by Percy Dearmer in 1906 for the English hymnal. For a time, Bunyan's original version was not commonly sung in churches, perhaps because of the references to Hobgoblin and Foul Fiend. However, one commentator has said, 
Bunyan's burly song strikes a new and welcome note in our hymnal. The quaint sincerity of the words stirs us out of our easygoing, dull Christianity to the thrill of great adventure. And that's what I really like about this hymn as well, the quaint sincerity. And many of our hymns do help us express the sincerity of our faith. So I will be reading Bunyan's original version today in hopes that this will help stir you toward the thrill of great adventure in your Christian life. Who would true valor see? Let him come hither. One here will constant be, come wind, come weather. There's no discouragement shall make him once relent his first avowed intent to be a pilgrim. Whoso beset him round with dismal stories, do but themselves confound, his strength the more is. No lion can him fright, he'll with a giant fight, but he will have a right to be a pilgrim. Hobgoblin nor foul fiend can daunt his spirit, He knows he at the end shall life inherit. Then fancies fly away. He'll fear not what men say. He'll labor night and day to be a pilgrim. Now it's time to take it with you. Is there a hymn that relates to one of your own experiences of walking with Christ? Share that hymn along with your testimony to a child or a young person. And bonus points if you email it to me too to share on this podcast. Just a friendly reminder that the Hymns for Life membership is coming soon. This monthly membership will give you access to an online portal that will include hymn study guides for each hymn of the month, a shareable printable you can place in your home as a reminder or mail as encouragement to a friend, supplemental resources for each month's hymn, as well as a growing library of word search puzzles, coloring pages, and more, all related to hymns. Think of it as a hymn appreciation subscription. To be the first to know when this is available, sign up for the waitlist over at hymnsillustrated.com slash waitlist. Thanks for listening to Hymns Illustrated. If you were blessed by what you heard today, you can say thank you by leaving a review on iTunes, sharing the show with a friend, or by shopping at christianbook.com using the affiliate link in the show notes. All of these gestures keep Hymns Illustrated going and growing. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep your hymnal open. Mm -hmm.